Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to another edition of Leave It In The Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. And sitting on the co-seat chair there is Johnny Zig from Effort Let's Talk Fights. Uh, how you doing, brother? How you holding up, first off? Everybody out there, how's everybody holding up? Um... I hope everybody's staying safe, staying well, especially in these times right now. You know, I didn't turn on my light here. I don't know if you can see my face, but anyways, uh, how things go over there, man? Uh, you're in Las Vegas. Um, I saw some pictures on the on, on social media. It almost looks like a scene from The Walking Dead. There's nobody out there, right? It's wild, man. The whole city's pretty much shut down. And first off, I just wish everyone well during these right. very tough times, David. I hope you are well. Um, we're all good over here, you know, <coughs> but it's just uh, an odd time that we are living in right now. And it's really like the key for survival is to find something to do because we've all right. been home now for the better part of a week. So uh, we're watching old school karate movies. We're playing video games. You know, we're just trying to uh, just share positivity and reflect and go back to the things that we enjoy doing. Yeah, you got to. You know, I mean, I don't know any other way um, to function, but to be uh, uh, optimistic. Um, you know, I, I'm still working. You know, I'm one of the fortunate ones that's still uh, on the list of essential uh, businesses that, that have to stay open. So, you know, I'm still heading to work, uh, but I do feel... Uh, for the people that are just they're isolated right now, they can't go to work. Um, some folks are actually working out of home. But what about the people that can't work out of home? You know, so those are my thoughts and prayers for for those folks, you know. And, uh, you know, hopefully if we can, if anything here, if you're tuning in and you're, li- or you're watching live, um, if you do have an extra few bucks and you see somebody... Uh, on there that's saying, hey, I'm, this is the time of need. Um, maybe you guys can lend out a few, uh, you know, put, put it out there. I know um, somebody that I follow and I listen on occasions on their podcast, John Ringwalker. Uh, I think that's his, uh, his, his uh, uh, username, um, but he does the Ringwalk uh, podcast there, John. I don't know if you ever tuned into that there. And he had put out on his Twitter because he's, you know, he's in the industry of fitness. And a lot of these gyms are closed. A lot of clients, as you know, are canceling because of this epidemic of what's going on right now. So um, I saw him and, and I immediately my heart went out to him because I was like, wow, you know, that's this is just really rough for a lot of folks. But what are you doing um, oh, and the reason I'm bringing him up, because if you can use his service, try to, I'm going to definitely try to use his service, uh, you know, hopefully by next week, I'm just trying to gather up some, some, you know, extra funds so that I could still, uh, you know, keep things going. Um, but just to give people a heads up, this month may be the last that we're on podcasting for a while, just because <clears throat> a lot of us just have to go back to our reserves, hold off. We don't really know what's going to happen in, you know, April or May, but I want to be on the safe side. So we will always be live on YouTube, uh, but I'll have more or less information of, uh, of whether or not 
Uh, we're going to be able to continue posting on podcasting. But just to let you know, it doesn't mean we're going to be gone. It just means that we're only going to be live on YouTube if we decide to go that route. But I don't know about you, Johnny, or the rest of the uh, boxing fans in the world right now. I canceled my DAZN, my ESPN+, Plus, my Showtime, just because the fact is that there is nothing out. There is no uh, boxing any or any sports. And really, uh, so what's the right now, the purpose of having them? Uh, because we're not going to have anything. We're actually, I'm falling back on YouTube watching old fight, old fights that happened from the 70s and 80s and 90s. Absolutely. And we all got to cut back right now because we, the future is so uncertain about, you know, how am I going to earn? You know, what's tomorrow going to bring? Right. But I've been doing the same thing. I've been throwing it back to old fights, old school <clears throat> movies. Just the other day, we were watching Best of the Best 1 and 2, an old school martial arts movie. And I was so happy when my girlfriend's daughter asked me, the very next day, can we watch that movie again? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so we're just connecting as a family, right. and, and we've always been a tight family. But, you know, just <laughs> throw it back to the things that you enjoy. You mentioned old school fights. I got so many recommendations. Diego Corrales and Jose Castillo won, right? Hmm. Holyfield, Bo, any one of them, one, two, and three. Guy right. Ward, one, two, and three. The list goes on and on. There's so many great fights we could study and, and look back to. And what I recommend for people right now is just do things that make you happy and that are fun and get your mind off this thing. You know what I've been doing is I've been going on YouTube and actually normally I would just watch the main event. Like, you know, like for instance, I watched uh, Trinidad versus Joppy in the middleweight tourney, uh, tournament that Don King was hosting, right? And instead of just watching that one fight, I decided to watch the whole three hours of the card that's, that was posted on paper. Uh, the pay-per-view event was posted on YouTube, you know, and Christy Martin was on there. Uh, Vernon Forrest, the late Vernon Forrest, rest in peace, was on it. Um, and and it, it just, it actually kind of put me in a really kind of a, uh, in a comfort zone in a way that I was like, well, even though the fights that, that were scheduled are now, just trickling down from the months being canceled, okay? Uh, I was still able to like feed my addiction, which is boxing, uh, by watching these old films and again studying them and just sitting there and appreciating uh, what what fighters did in the past. You know, I got I had a chance to sit down and watch Azuma Nelson versus Salvador Sanchez. It's a great fifteen rounds of war, um, you know, from the late great uh, Salvador Sanchez, who myself is my. Uh, my top of the list of uh, one of the greatest Mexican champions to ever lace gloves is in the featherweight division. You know, so those are the things that I, I've been doing. And also, I got to tell you this. I've been testing out, me and my family have been testing out like movies that we really honestly would kind of bypass. You know what I mean? And and I was be like, ah, you know what? We've never seen this. It's been up on here on Hulu for how many months? Let's give it a shot. You know, so that's been kind of like testing my likes of movies were something I normally wouldn't even bother clicking on to tune in and watch. I've been doing that just to kind of preoccupy myself. But then again, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do family-wise. You know, hey, pull out an old board game. You know? At Teach yeah, your kids 100%. Monopoly. Right. right. Teach your kids Monopoly. Teach them a scramble. Throw it back to the good old days, man. That's right. how we were raised. We all exactly. sat around, played Monopoly for like four or five hours. Right. Until exactly. someone threw in the towel. <laughs> right. You know, but here's something I like to point out here. I'm a guy that don't go for pound for pound list. I'm not a pound for pound list guy. Okay. 
I'm also not a guy that likes to talk about fantasy fights. I did it for a short bit when I started doing YouTubing because um, people were asking me to do it, but I'm not a major fan of it. And I, I never cared for it because if the fights weren't scheduled or they weren't signed to go, I just felt that it was worthless to talk about. But how ironic. The tables have really completely turned because our fights have been canceled. So really, honestly, hearing the announcements of Gennady Golovkin and Canelo possibly facing each other in September for a third time go around, we're not sure it's going to happen. But guess what we're doing here on Leaving the Ring? We're going to talk about it. And it's almost like a fantasy fight because of the fact is that we're not certain at the moment what the sports world, boxing world, they're going to do with the rest of the scheduling of the sport. Are they going to continue? Is it still going to keep moving up the scale of months here? They're going to be cancellation. I think that having it scheduled for September, Johnny, is a good bid for it because possibly after May, things might die out. We might see things coming back to normal. So a big September date solidifying that to me, it's kind of like good news, meaning that the zone and Golden Boy and and match um not match um uh, yeah just the zone and Golden Boy and Tom Lawford they're thinking ahead they're looking at a schedule far out which is realistic September. Yeah, I think it's a good look. It could be a very realistic potential matchup that's coming for September. I don't think anyone should be booking anything in the immediate future, meaning for May, you know, June. But realistically, after the summertime, I think this fight can pop off. And I think it's what right. the world needs. Remember when Trinidad, you know, had, had fought um, against Bernard Hopkins post-mortem yeah. 9-11? That was so important. Ironically, right. in September. But that was so important for the world just to continue and make a statement. Yeah. Um, Hopefully everyone remains safe and that, you know, we just flush this thing out and, you know, move on with our lives. And this could be potentially one of the biggest sporting events, you know, after the summer, after everyone's been locked down in quarantine that we have in our nation or just worldwide. You know, being that it's so commercialized, that fight, one and two, one and two, you know, um, it's not just the hardcore fans that know about those two. Uh, it's it's almost kind of they're linked together forever. It's going to be it's all if you're going to bring up Canelo, you're going to mention Gennady Golovkin in, throughout history. You mentioned Gennady Golovkin, you're going to mention Canelo because they're so similar in terms of style wise. You know, they they really didn't dominate each other, and that's why there's such a big debate. The first round, let me take that back. The first fight, I thought hands down, Gennady Golovkin won that fight. The second fight, we really saw Canelo come into his own uh, in that weight, as the middleweight. You know, there's a lot of questions that we have, you know, that we want to raise here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, a lot of things that we want to break down. But give me, a, in the, either in the chat room, um, I still couldn't figure, figure out how to get the callers on here. I'll figure that out soon. Um, but uh, if you guys want to call in, you certainly can. Let me know if you guys, can, uh, the people in the audience that are listening on YouTube excuse me, um, can hear uh, any of the callers if they do call in today. I know that everybody's still uh, running hectic, trying to get food and water, um, you know, still trying to live a normal life, as normal as we can get, right, Johnny? Absolutely. You know, try to maintain as much normalcy as you can. And like I say, you know, stay positive, take your vitamins, wash them damn hands, everybody, you know, and we'll get through this and enjoy great old school content for from boxing world, from <coughs> the movies and film and even music. Throw on some great albums, albums that made you happy, albums right. that inspired you. 
put on records. I've been listening to a lot of music lately and reconnecting with some records I haven't listened to and had the time to sit down and listen to in forever. And it's making me really happy. You know what I did? Before we go into whole, the whole Canelo and Triple G and start giving our mm -hmm. breakdown and, and raise the, the questions we're going to raise about this uh, hopefully September event between those two for a third time around, I went and got my old cassette. You remember the old Walkmans? Yeah. Dude, I ended up getting all my old cassettes, took them out of the storage, got an old Walkman, plugged it into my, my boombox over here, and started going through tapes and music, music uh, 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 uh Songs that I had written from years back, around 15, 16, I'm sitting there like, holy smokes, I still got this. So I'm kind of like preparing myself, right, to what if we do. Because right now we're at a shutdown, but it's not like an emergency shutdown where they're, the police are patrolling the streets. I heard, though, uh, one of the vendors that I work with told me he got pulled over coming from Sonora into Modesto. That he did get pulled over on the freeway because he was not supposed to be on the road unless he was, a essential, uh, he was in an essential business, which he was. And they let him through. But... <clears throat> It is telling you, it's telling me that things are getting like really real. Now, listen, I'm going to say some jokes. Um, if I offend you with some of my jokes and what's going on, I apologize, but it's just my way of dealing with things. And I think a lot of people need a little laughter in their life, especially of how quick this thing is attacking, attacking us as a people, as a country. Okay. But I'm going to give you a little story here, Johnny, and to our listeners before we go into the Canelo and Gennady Golovkin. So I'm in line at the store as we all know it. Going across the states right now, uh, stores are really just kind of like empty. You have shelves, man. They're just bare naked. There's nothing, nothing there, okay? There's this lady that she works at the Save Mart that I go to, which is close to my home, a few miles, like three miles away from here. Um, and she's standing uh, on, a, on, a, on milk crates, okay? Those long ones. Not those little short, but the long ones, right? And she's got the intercom and she's telling folks that are getting in line, I went in there for beer. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't go in there for anything else. I went in there to get myself a 12-pack, okay? A 12-pack of Modelo's. So I'm standing in there, and she's sounding off what you can take and how many items you can take from it. So she says, you know, uh, if you have bread, please only one loaf. Eggs, only a dozen per person. And uh, flats of water, 24 packs, only two. Please keep it at that minimum, which I completely understand. Now, this is what I start doing, Johnny. I start looking around, and I notice that I'm the only person out of these six lines that are open that has a 12-pack. Everybody else got bread, eggs, and water, right? I'm the jerk-off with a 12-pack. So while she's silver sounding off the things that you could take, limit the limit the things that you could take, I decided to yell out in the background, go, what about the beer? And she looked right at me and she laughed and she said, no, you can get as much as you, as you, as you want. So you know what I did? I went, took back the 12-pack and I got myself two 24-packs and I brought them back, dude. I'm like, look, look, I, you know, if that's the, before that becomes the last thing that's off the shelf, I'm going to make sure that I'm well stocked at home, right? You got to stock up. I got a funny <laughs> one for you real quick. I went to 7-Eleven yesterday because I had to work, so I had to get out there. And I saw paper towels and it was like, I saw a set of paper towels. It was like seeing a pair of boobies for like the first time. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, paper towels. And, and so I, I text my girl. I'm like, yo, they got paper towels at 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them. And then when I got out of my car, I kept put, put them in my car afterwards, obviously. Right. When I got out of my car, I realized they were on my passenger side. And I'm like, you know what? I got to put that shit in the trunk because someone's going to try to jack this. 
It's almost you know, like I could just see. But, I think I could just see you. It's almost like that scene from Waterworld where Kevin Costner starts showing paper, and the girl's like, "What? What is this?" And you're feeling it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna put this in the trunk because someone's gonna break my window, steal my car for this, right. whatever." Because, and I'm like, "What type of world do we live in now?" Exactly. But you have to, you have to find humor in it. You know, I, I know do. that sounds really morbid, but you, you got to find your laughter. You got to have your fun, man. But this is a crazy world we live in. Priorities have changed. It is, man. And anybody out there that's, you know, kind of uh, trying to find work, you know, scratching the surface of what's out there at the moment. Don't forget, they're still doing deliveries, uh, you know, Dash, uh, what's Grub. Um, they're still hiring as well as grocery markets, you know, from Costco or whatever type of grocery store that's around you in your state. Um, they are hiring folks because there's a shortage of staff uh, to help out restock. You know, as fast as it comes in, these trucks, they're leaving pretty quick. Um, even Pepsi drivers, my, my, my really good friend, best friend since we were little kids, he's a Pepsi driver. And he was telling me that, you know, uh, people are literally following him to deliveries. Uh, to 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 un un unload things, you know, and asking for water. So, you know, it's crazy what's going on. But like I said, you got to keep your head up. I'm being optimistic. I'm hoping that this does kind of blow over within the two or three months. But those are long days, especially for folks right now that are really worried about their bills. Anyways, let's get into Canelo versus Triple G here on Leaving the Ring. Let's talk some boxing. As always, there's always something to talk about in boxing. There's no such thing as, well, there's really not much to talk about. There is. Like I said, I normally don't do fantasy fights, but guess what? That's where we're at at the moment. We're hoping in September, Gennady Golovkin and Canelo step back into the ring. But whoa, 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 wait a minute here, Johnny. Eddie Hearn for Matchroom says, wait, that may not happen because they have a scheduled fight with Billy Joe Saunders. That fight was originally supposed to be, they originally supposed to happen first, which was going to be opt in May. But that's been scratched off the calendar due to what's going on with the coronavirus. But Hearn said, even if it's September, his guys should first get a shot at him. I'm going to play a quick uh, clip of what he says about it in an interview on Sky Sports. And then uh, we'll get in our thoughts about what he's saying here on Leaving the Ring. In place to fight Canelo Alvarez. But everything now depends on when the sport begins again. Because that fight was supposed to take place on Cinco de Mayo. Now we know that's definitely not happening. Nope. Will boxing return in June, July? If it does, there's every chance that Billy Joe Saunders will fight Canelo Alvarez during that period, and the date of the Golovkin fight will be pushed back. I think that with the whole disruption, you know, the, the old Cinco de Mayo and September 13th weekend will have to take a back seat. Right now, Billy Joe Saunders is actually in Las Vegas training. We were supposed to have a press conference on Monday to announce the Canelo Alvarez fight. So again, right now, he's out training with Ben Davidson and Josh Taylor, who's just had his fight postponed for May the 2nd as well. No one knows what they're doing. It's the moment where you've got to stay focused, you've got to stay disciplined. I believe Billy Joe Saunders will fight Canelo Alvarez as long as the boxing schedule returns in the summer. Hmm. What do you think, Johnny? You know, I really couldn't hear what he was saying, but I understand where he's coming from just based on what you were talking about. You know, he wants to protect his fighter. He wants his fighter to be able to earn in Billy Joe Saunders, and they want that payday. You know, uh, I think it's great business for DAZN to actually move forward with the Triple G and Canelo fight for a lot of reasons. 
you know, they're spending a lot of money on those two guys. And no a lot of money. Billy Joe Saunders. You know, a lot of people would be interested in that fight. I'd be interested in seeing that fight. I think it would actually be a really good fight. But the problem with it is that the zone needs to make, you know, uh, subscribers. They need to get something out of all that money they put forth to Triple G and Canelo. Because let's face facts. They're not really getting much out of their investment at this point in time. Now, the Kovalev fight was good, but how many subscribers did they really get? They got a sensational knockout. Mm. The best thing that zone actually had so far on their air is when Andy Ruiz, you know, knocked out Anthony Joshua. That, that's what put them on the map. Canelo hasn't been putting them on the map. You know, I, I get there's two things that I walk away from listening to the interview with Eddie Hearn. One is either he's a genius by promoting the fact that trying to get the reaction from fans okay because realistically when you hear that that he's trying to scratch the date for or move the date from september because he wants his guy to step into the ring um i don't kind of i don't believe him and i'm going to tell you why i don't believe him here johnny um i'm not believing because you got to remember the zone banked on canelo and Gennady golovkin to step back they fought for that fight to happen remember that eddie hearn was fighting for that fight to happen i think what he's trying to do is start a major buzz a major demand because some fans have really turned cheek by saying i don't care for a third match anymore i don't want to see a third match but i tell you what though let's say he is serious about uh, uh bj saunders getting that first shot at canelo at, at a september date i tell you that I don't think any fight fan will argue about that fight happening. Reason is because there's nothing going on. So if that's the first homecoming fight to a long drought of no fights happening on television, you have no gripes in my side of the state. The problem is for Triple G, if you look at it, like if Saunders was to take on Canelo in September, when, when do they have that third fight? In May of next year? At that point, Triple G's going to be really old. I mean, he's advancing in age as it is right now. The next time they fight, he's going to be 38. Well, they and could do descent. Well, no, no, they wouldn't be able to do that. No, you're right. It would have to be back in May or, you know, uh, rush, rush it up to like in April. But, uh, right. you know. A lot of these guys only fight twice a year. Canelo's trademark uh, dates had followed suit of the Mayweather plan, you know, going for the Cinco de Mayo. And, uh, you know, the Mexican independence on in September. So, you know, I, I would like in a perfect world, I wish Canelo and everyone would fight three times a year. But for me, it's like I think it would just be pushed to May. So I think if you're Triple G's people, you're really trying to jockey for a position right now as soon as you can right. be before it gets too late. Because let's face facts, man. Triple G, not to get too far ahead, we're going to talk about all this stuff. You know, he hasn't looked great lately, and he took a lot of punishment in his last fight. So if you put him through the ringer of another fight – where he gets like exposed and beaten up a little bit. Hmm. I mean, by the time Canelo gets to him, it's not going to be a good look. It's not going to be a good look, you know, but we'll get a little into that there. Um, H.C. Lamas, uh, he says, wait a minute. Would, would the zone have 800K subscribers without Canelo? Nope. I agree with you. Uh, you know, but here's the thing, though. The fights that people were signing up, they're not getting, and that's where Johnny was going with. So I would, I wonder how many of those subs have dropped off before this started happening here with the coronavirus. How many subs before that, a month ago, were dropping off of the zone because of the fact that these fights that were not being either talked or didn't look like they were going to be developed. So that's the big question here. But I think you, I think, I think either way, BJ Saunders 
or the Triple G route is a good way to bring back the homecoming of the sport back in the television and it makes subscribers come back again and sub to them. Now, so like I said, we got questions here on leaving the ring. If the fight should happen in September, I'm hoping it happens in September, please, you know. Um, <laughs> right, so the questions that are surrounded right now for Gennady Golovkin, in my opinion, or three right here, Johnny. One is not having Abel Sanchez on his side. Remember this. The first two were, uh, the first fight was a very dominant performance for Gennady Golovkin. I thought Abel Sanchez had a good plan, but that sometimes whatever else is on that list of, of things to do on fight night wasn't implicated by his fighter, meaning the bodywork. The second fight was really close because the trainer, Abel Sanchez, during mid-rounds, told his fighter, Gennady Golovkin, you're losing this fight. You gotta box. Gotta do something different. Remember that. That's a big part of why he switched up in those mid-rounds and decided to stop pressuring and to start boxing because he wasn't winning the pressure game. You know, he decided to vert as a boxer. When he fought uh, 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 Dormanchenko, well, I don't know about you, but I don't think his corner gave him the right message when he got back to his corner. I still think that he was still fighting a certain way that he had to figure out on his own. So in a lot of ways in this match here, if it happens in September, again, is he again fighting off of motor skills or is he gonna have the proper counseling back in his corner by his coaches? That's a big question for me that hangs over Gennady Golovkin at this moment by not having a seasoned trainer like Abel Sanchez. I'm going to run it back to uh, the, the last fight that they did, you know, and there was an obvious game plan for Canelo, and he said all along, I'm coming after you. We'll stand toe-to-toe -to -toe in the middle of the ring, you know, and I don't, I don't think Triple G's people bought that, and I think they prepared for a boxing match, hmm. and you saw Triple G kind of come on a little bit late, and he was boxing a little bit better, but Canelo really, like, you know, to borrow Max Kellerman here, won the story of the fight, you know, overall. I felt that after that fight was done, Canelo was better prepared. So what I'm getting at here is that Triple G <clears throat> needs a game plan, a definitive game plan to stick with, and also needs a plan B, because that was the problem in the second fight. There wasn't. They didn't, they didn't really have a plan B. Like, yes, he did adapt a little bit down the stretch, but... You know, his plan was just to box. I think that what he needs to do, David, is cut the ring off and be more aggressive. He needs to get respect from Canelo, especially now Canelo's got all the confidence in the world. Think about this, brother. Like, he's been in there with Kovalev at 175, even though he fought Rocky Fielding at 168. You know, and a lot of people didn't revere Rocky Fielding as, as a great fighter. He's a big guy. You know, so right now Canelo is, is in there knocking out big men. And I think the key to understanding, like, a game plan is to understand hmm. also what weight class are we going to be at for this fight. Okay. So the second question is, can he do better? Triple G, can he do better than the first two fights? I'm not sure. Going off his last fight with Dermachenko, um, we saw him struggle. I think it was the first time that we really did see Gennady Golovkin look very normal and vulnerable. Um, I go back to the age a bunch of stuff that come into play with this here with Gennady Golovkin. So uh, I, I I think that's the major question for not just for our fans, but for every expert out there looking at this, looking at this fight. Can Gennady Golovkin look better in this third fight? 
I don't know because there's certain things he's going to have to do for this third fight, which is one, we know that he has got a beautiful jab. He sticks to that jab. He really honestly won the second fight on the late rounds with that jab. He controlled a lot of the moments with that jab. But the fact is this, watch the fight again, the first and the second one. He becomes comfortable with that jab. Then nothing follows behind the jab. He allows Canelo to step in, be first, and it allows, then it makes, it kind of forces him to then shoot off his load. I think he needs to be first, um, which would be the, the, the right thing, which would be that if he's going to jab and establish it, he's got to kind of take some risks, you know, in this third fight. I totally agree. And I actually was on a conference call and I asked Abel Sanchez what the, the adjustment was going to be for the second fight, because we do ac actually honestly feel that Triple G won the first fight. But the problem is when you face a guy that's the A side like Canelo, you got to really win convincingly. You know, you got to like shut him out every single round, put him down a couple times or knock him out. So that's how I came at him. And he got a little defensive about it. And he was like, you know, we're just going to do the same thing we did last time and just, you know, we'll work the body, we'll work the body. But that never happened. And I think that that's a big key in this fight because the reason why Triple G had success, I believe, in the second fight was credit to Triple G. I'm a big fan. You know, but Canelo started to gas a little bit. When you start trying to push someone back and, and exerting as much energy as Canelo did it in that second fight, you're going to tire. So mm. what's the best investment to do when someone's tiring? You know, start going down to that damn body. Start jabbing to the body, you know, to the chest. Anything you can hit down low. Triple G's got to change his look a little bit. And, David, I agree. He's got to be more aggressive. He de definitely has to be more aggressive, you know. And like I said, going back to the very first question, no Abel Sanchez. To me, I know you had a different opinion about it. Um, I still believe that Abel Sanchez did give him the right information in the first and second fight. You know, did did tell him the truth. He needs somebody that's not a yes man. He needs a guy that's going to tell him what they're watching every second and every minute of the round. Going off of his last fight with Domachenko where he looked not that great. He didn't look to me a very healthy prepared. And let me throw out this a note. It was reported that he was sick. That, that Gennady Golovkin had a cold. So that could have contributed to his performance. He didn't want to let his fans down and he didn't want to postpone that fight. He wanted to get back into that ring, shake off some of that rust, show people that he was still around after the Canelo loss. So those are a lot of facts there. You know, September, is he healthy? Did H catch up? Having Abel Sanchez not on his side, is it is it a good thing? Is it a plus? Or is it going to be a major minus facing one of the better fighters that he's faced so far and is so close to the edge with when it comes to winning rounds? Um, can he do better than the first two? We don't know yet. And then finally, like I said, is age a major factor in this fight? And I'm going to have to say yes. You know, being that he's what, 38? Going to be 39? That has to have a lot of play. He's got a strong, long, lengthy amateur background. Then he goes into the pros. You know, by the time the States took notice of this kid, was really laid off in his career, where he ended up landing on HBO. But he's been really kind of chasing the coattail of Canelo. And before, he was performing three or four times. Now you're kind of seeing him at one or twice out of the year. So Ace definitely has to have come into play in this. And if anybody wants to argue about that, that's crazy. Because this guy has had a style that really honestly doesn't preserve you. That's why I believe we see him boxing more, jabbing more. He's really trying to preserve himself. You know, if he has to go into a war. When he fought Dermanchenko, we saw it on age triple G. Did we not?
I'm going to agree. And even going back to the Jacobs fight, like the problem is he's getting hit a lot too. Age is definitely a concern. But when you're getting hit a lot, your punch resistance is going to lower. And since he stepped up, you know, again, I'm a big fan of Triple G. I went to a lot of his fights at Madison Square Garden in New York and had great times. Seeing him beat up guys that, you know, he, he just was – better than with the power and everything like that when i saw him send curtis stevens to hell that was exciting you know Ooh. but the problem is that since he's gotten older he's fought better opposition and this better opposition is hitting him a lot if you look at how much he got hit in the second canelo fight it's pretty remarkable and even with deverinchenko or danny jacobs which people feel that you know he could have lost those fights yeah i mean you know obviously the danny jacobs is always going to be uh, a fight to debate to go look back on um you know some folks felt that danny jacobs pulled pulled the win uh but the majority are saying Gennady golovkin i thought it was a draw but like i said i've spoken to a lot of folks and some people have some very valid points that you can't argue with you know now going into canelo one of the questions that we have for canelo in this fight here again don't forget to press the like button subscribe to us and hit that little uh, notification so that you'll be notified when we go on live here on Leave the Ring. Everybody that's tuning in, thanks for uh, tuning in. Hamed, what's up, brother? I saw you on there in the chat room. Um, yeah, so, all right. First question, second question, third question. Okay, what weight is the fight going to be at for Canelo and Gennady Golovkin in September? That's automatically the first question that just popped into my head here, Johnny, and for the listeners. I was wondering... Is it going to be 160 or are we going to have a catch weight or is this going to be 168? All right. The fact remains that Canelo moving up, I'm not sure it was because he was struggling to make 160 or was it really him just kind of testing the waters of above him because he didn't want to face Gennady Golovkin and he sees that there's big money to face bigger guys. And historically, he went to chase that, right? But we've seen this throughout history. When a guy moves up, and his ultra high was 175, right? Excuse me. Then comes back down. My immediate thought is Roy Jones Jr. Jumped yeah. up, came back down, and it took a lot out of him. Took a lot of that muscle mass, you know, and it made him a bit weaker than we've ever seen him. He was a very tough fight with Antonio Tarver. With going back with Canelo, do they decide to go back to 160 and have this fight at 160? If they do then I believe the chances for Gennady Golovkin in this fight has to be a bit higher than what people are now talking about, saying that there's more likely Gennady may get a knockout over Gennady Golovkin. I say if it's 160, I don't see it because I'm still going to wonder, could he make it 160? Could he make, can, can Canelo make 160 very comfortable? If it's at a catch weight, then it tells you everything about his weight issue. That's my first question there. It's Canelo's world, and we all live in it, so he's going to call the shots. He's the A-side. I think he'll put it at 168. There's no way, in my opinion, but you know, crazier things have happened, that Triple G goes to 175. I don't think that happens. But 168, you know, um, they got to eat. They got to make their money. And I think for Canelo, I absolutely agree with you. For him to lower and, and fluctuate in weight, especially go all the way back down to 160 at this point, when he looks so powerful, you know, of late at 175, 168 is the weight. I think, um, you know, for Triple G, I think he'll be at a significant disadvantage at 168. But again, Canelo's going to call the shots here, I believe. If you're going to call Triple G old and 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 say that he's kind of done, washed up, then I say that weight. If 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 it is a factor for Canelo, 
I think it evens it up the bar between those two at 160. You know, um, I'm really interested of what that, how that's going to end up, you know, you know, end up happening. Because the fact is this, revenge is on his mind when it comes to Triple G. He wants his revenge and he wants that money. He wants that Canelo bill, you know, so you can't hate on on that. So that's why I think, I think before, if you remember back in the first fight, when they were trying to get it together, you know, uh, uh, Canelo was trying to get the, get it to be, I believe, at a, at a, at a lesser weight. And Gennady Golovkin at the time was like, no way. It's got to be 160, only 160. I am not going to move. Now, the tables have completely turned here. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gennady Golovkin goes, okay, I'll go at 164. 164 is not bad as well. Well, you know, we've seen Canelo and his Canelo weight catch weights before in the past. And, you know, the, I'd be cool with that, too. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially, again, considering all the madness in this world right now. I think it could be a very good fight. I think Triple G will take chances and make it a very good fight. And I'm curious to see Canelo land the right hand on him now because Canelo's right hand, since he's been, you know, filling up and getting bigger, it, that thing is a bomb. That's the second question. Can Canelo knock out Gennady Golovkin this time? Look, I've been hearing what you're saying. He looked like a beast at 175. He looked like a beast fighting uh, Fieldings, but let's not forget, Fieldings is Fieldings. All right? <laughs> All right? He got dropped and knocked out by Caleb Smith by a jab. Uh, Sergey uh, uh, Kovala, I, I got to stick stand what I have said in previously. I think the guy was overtrained. I think the guy had nothing left in that tank. Um, it wasn't... The, the Kovala that we've seen in the past, he wasn't that killer, you know. Um, a lot of the shots were arm punches against Canelo. But I'm not going to take that away from Canelo. I thought it was a great performance. It was great timing. I've said this numerous times on the show. Boxing, matchmaking, matchmaking is a whole lot of part of what boxing is about. If you've got the right team, they're going to find you the right fights. They're going to find the right moments to seize a particular fight so that their guy continues to win and look good. So, But I'm not still not sold on his power, guys. I got to tell you the truth. I'm really not sold on Canelo's power. And I still think that Gennady Golovkin, even though he got hurt from a body shot from Dermachenko, and that's the key thing. He was hurt from a body shot. Gennady Golovkin's chin still seems to hold up to big punches from everybody that he's faced. And we're talking top elite 100 middle, uh, 160 middleweight fighters that he's faced off. He's been able to take their shots, eat it like candy, and continue coming forward. You know, age is a factor. But again, it was the body shot that I saw him get hurt by Dermanchenko. Uh, and it wasn't the jaw that seemed to be uh, kind of like losing its steam. I still have a lot of faith in Gennady Golovkin's chin. I don't have that 100%. I give it 80% of faith in Canelo's punching power in that right hand, but I'm not sold yet. Well, you know, it's all about varying the game plan. You know, you got to go to the body, got to go to the head, you got to do uh, variety and, you know, keep creative and unique because these guys have been in the ring twice now. So they know each other's tendencies is where I'm going with this. So in the third fight, you got to almost kind of come in with the element of surprise. So I'm interested in seeing how Canelo becomes a little bit more crafty because he did that in the second fight. He fought a completely different fight in the second fight. So is it a hybrid of what he did in part one and part two? Does he understand that, you know, um, Triple G is getting a little bit older? Does he want to test his body? Does he want to see where the punch resistance is at? Because he got into – even Steve Rolls touched on him a little bit before, you mm. know – 
Triple G knocked him out. And again, I'm a big fan. I've watched all his fights and studied them hard. And Cal Brock even had pockets of success. This guy's got hit a lot. And as you get older, that punch resistance folds. And I think Canelo is going to be wise to try to to see what's up there and see if he could get the KO. I don't. You know what? When I look at certain fights, like uh, especially Steve Rose and Gennady Golovkin, him getting touched is like Cal Brook touching him. I don't buy too much into it, man. Uh, and the reason is because I think that. I think there's certain fighters like even like Pacquiao or throughout history, these guys, if they don't respect you, if you don't give them something to respect you immediately, they're going to try to walk you down as quick as they can. And, and, and with Triple G, we've seen that in the past. When he fights lesser opponents, C class to B class, I've noticed, I'm not saying that Kel Brook was a B class, but he was a much smaller guy that didn't belong at the 160 division. Okay. Um, but when I see that, you know, Triple G taking more shots, because let's be honest here, even in the Canelo fight on the second match, in the, in the first and second match, he was being touched, but it wasn't like overly touched by the way he was with Steve Rose or with even Cal Brook. You know, he was still very uh, methodical and he was, he was still, uh, uh, his defense was up there. Um, he was still very hard to touch. You know, Canelo really did, have, in my opinion, had to work to win some of those rounds, edge some of those rounds, okay? Now, the third question here on leaving the ring is, can Canelo cut the ring off this time? Because what you were mentioning, Johnny, you know, uh, you know, immediately go at him. Try to find out, are the legs old? Is he, the, the, the punch resistance, does he still have it? The only way I could see him doing that is not allowing Triple G to start using that jab and keep it at that distance of where he was comfortable at. You know, when they fought the first and second time. Gennady Golovkin is perfectly fine out jabbing you, keeping you on the outside, and then giving you, surprisingly, a right hand or uppercut on occasions in that round. To me, Canelo's got to do what Dermochenko did. Dermochenko was quick on his feet, closed that distance, and made sure he smothered Gennady Golovkin. Didn't allow him to box. He smothered him, and that's when he caught him with a nasty body shot where the ref jumped in and kind of saved him before he got dropped. Didn't get dropped, but he looked like he was about to go down. You know, I'm wondering, can Canelo do it this time? Because he didn't do it in the first and second one. The fight was being brought to him. So he didn't have to work for that. But when the fight on the second half, when Gennady Golovkin was told by Abel Sanchez, hey, we're losing this fight. We got to do something different. Gennady Golovkin decided to box off the back foot. And guess what? Canelo didn't adjust to it. Didn't do well. So this time around on the third fight, did he watch the second fight? Did he watch it closely? And did he see that he didn't cut the round and they did look a bit puzzled when a guy boxes him? I tell you what, you said the key before for Triple G is to use that jab. Yes, that jab is brilliant. But work off of it. Now, Canelo could cut the ring off if all he's got in his face is a jab. You could work off of that. You could sidestep it, whatever. But if now Triple G's giving him a different look, something like I had mentioned before, if he comes with like the element of surprise, starts firing combinations, not just one at a time. You gotta throw two or three. Easier said than done, especially when you know you've tasted someone's power and you've experienced like how quick of a counter puncher. Because Canelo's a very good counter puncher. And so I think that he can cut the ring off, but also allow Triple G to come to him because he's had great success off of that. And if Triple G's firing off a jab, you could counter off a jab very easily. So I think Canelo has to, get, again, use a hybrid of what he's capable of doing that we saw in the first two fights. And his pathway to victory, in my opinion, will be rather easy. But Triple G's got to put more together than one at a time. Yeah, I mean, look... Um... We see uh, Renee. What's up, Renee? How you doing, brother? Thanks for tuning in. Hamed, I, I, I think I did say hello. Um, 
Renee put up there, and I'll put it up there right now, in the comic box, uh, easy win for Canelo, Canelo only getting way better, Triple G has de is declining, has been declining, man, look, this is what I gotta say about that here, Renee, you could agree, you could disagree, but it always seems that history shows that when you start thinking the guy's decline and it's done, he's over, it's going to be an easy fight for the guy that's marketed as the superstar. Turns out to be that never really happens like that. Madonna, uh, Eric Morales, uh, I can, we can, uh, Nonito Dornier, uh, we write them off and then all of a sudden they kind of work their way back in. This is boxing. There's always that hope and chance that the fighter comes with their one hooray fight. The, you know, the one fight that's going to walk them out to the sunset. So I'm not going to write off Triple G. Did he look bad against Germanchenko? He did. But he fought through a really hard fight. And again, being reported that he was ill. He had a cough or something, some type of illness that prevented him to be at his 100%. Whether it's true or not, those are the reports. And I'm going to go off of that. I'm going to go, okay, I look at that. You know, but again, I've said this numerous times. There are certain things that Triple G doesn't do anymore because when you start moving up the scale of, of better fighters, top tier fighters, you start looking a little bit more normal. Your punchy power doesn't look as monstrous as it's looked at before when you're knocking C plus and B plus fighters. So I'm not going to write off Gennady Golovkin at this moment. I still think that it's a very interesting fight. I still think that both guys bring something, uh, uh, you know, uh, to the table in terms of they could do better. Now, could Canelo make this a blowout? He could. Depends on how bad Gennady Golovkin. But like I just gave you all my reasons. I still think that you know, Gennady Golovkin still got that chin resistance. He can hold He can hold up to a good punch. The body is the one that I want to see coming from Canelo's corner. That's something we haven't seen. Both men, when they stepped in in the first and the second fight, guess what guys? None of them really did any body work. They both avoided the body work. They both fell in love with the head movement. They were trying to knock each other out. Nobody wanted to chop wood to see the tree just tumble and fall. This has got to happen in the trilogy. To me, it depends on who decides to establish the body work. Body punching is going to be a key to victory in this one, big time. And I think they're both going to try to go for it and jockey for that position. Um, I, I believe that Triple G needs to do that. He needs to go body and head. Off the jab, work off that jab. For Canelo, it's important for him just to see those, again, check those legs, see where he's at right now. Um, by the time we get to this fight, Triple G is going to be 38, I believe. You know, And like I said, he's got hit over the years. So hmm. we see what we get. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I do think that age will be a factor. And timing is everything. And, and you know, the fact that Triple G was a guy that fought frequently, now he's reduced to fighting two times a year, um, you know, for the clenbuterol thing with Canelo and whatever the, the case might have been over. We all know the story. We're all diehards, you know, no reason to go there. But, you know, he has been reserved of late. And that also affects a fighter's rhythm, too, especially if you're an active guy and you like to get in there and mix it up. So how flat is he going to be in September? That's, that's a ways out. HC Lama's asking, uh, will the fight be in Vegas or Dallas? I'm not sure yet. Like I said, they're still in talks. Um, there's just, I think what's happening is the zone and uh, the promoters that are involved in this, the teams, the managers, uh, they're just, they're in hopes that the fight is going to come off in September, uh, hoping that everything that is cleared to bring back sports events. Um, I think that's what everybody's waiting for, for things to be cleared, for us to kind of just kind of boil over all what's going on at this moment. And hopefully we get these boxing matches back on on television. So um, I'm really interested uh, going again, uh, you know, uh, like I said, in, in my opinion, this 
this, you know, I know some folks feel that this is not a necessary uh, fight, this trilogy. Um, and maybe not, you know, because I think that everybody believes that Gennady Golovkin should be written off. But let's not forget, on that rematch, when they faced each other a second time, it was very, very competitive. You saw some very high-level uh, skills between the two. You know, neither one of them really, really honestly uh, uh, dominated. And think about this. Trilogies that normally happen, like Hearns and, and Durans and, and the Leonard's, when they all finally met again for a third time, you're talking about a major gap in between the years when they finally got back into the ring. Here, Gennady Golovkin and Canelo are really fighting each other almost back-to-back. -back. So... Yeah, one guy's gonna probably come in lesser than the other, and you're you're rightfully to believe that Canelo's the one that's gonna that's improved and looks better because he's been con more consistent. But at the same time, I still think that level-wise, that jab is always gonna keep him in the game if he's able to establish that jab against Canelo Alvarez, which he's already shown twice. He's able to do that. You know, third fights could be a lot of fun too. Even though these were at heavyweight, Bo Holyfield three. My goodness, right? And then you look at Ali Frazier 3. You know, uh, Gotti Ward 3 was an excellent <laughs> fight. I was actually at that fight. That was crazy. So sometimes you get this look where they're just like, yo, I want to take your head off. I'm tired of you. I want to get you out of here. Even Marquez Pacquiao 3 was a great fight before their fourth. So you, sometimes you get a good top off of a trilogy. And the thing is, the fights were so debatable that, you know, you could make an argument who won the first one. You can make an argument who won the second one. Just like you said, it was very close. Yeah. So maybe these guys really want to prove it this time. It'd be like, you know what? F it. I want to go out there and take your head off. I don't want any debate now about who won this fight. I want to knock out. Maybe and we get that. You bring up Marquez and Pacquiao. That's a great example because the fact is that Marquez never gave up. He wanted to win that <laughs> fight. He really wanted this time around to have it on his record. Not just because, you know, not, not just having fans go, you won that fight. He wanted it on his record. So he went to the deep end to get that. I'm not, I don't think uh, Gennady Golovkin will go that end, that route of what, that, what Marquez, which hasn't been proven. But, you know, I think when you have Angel Heredia on your corner, that stigma, it's going to come with it. But going back again, that's where Triple G's at. He wants that fight because he wants to do unfinished business with Canelo. He's not giving. He's not getting the recognition. He's not getting the props. He doesn't have it on the paper, on paper for him, on record for that he could look at uh, to say that that I beat this guy convincingly. I got a draw, and I lost the second fight. Canelo got that. Got that. That's why Canelo was not such of a rush. To get back in the fight. Also, too, because, you know, let's be honest here. Gennady Golovkin got under the skin of Canelo. When the whole Clembriderol thing came about, you know, Gennady Golovkin was taking some real shots about him, about testing and being a dirty fighter. That pissed off Canelo, you know. And I think what, what Canelo wanted to do when he signed with the zone was make Gennady Golovkin and his team suffer a bit before he said, okay, let's move on and do this. But seeing that, that Canelo at this moment is having problems, man, getting people to step in the ring next with him, you know. Uh, Callum Smith, look at, you know, we had Caleb Plant on leaving the ring. They said, hey, we never got a call, you know. I think it says a lot. I think that's why it just came down and go, okay, let's get Triple G back in the ring and let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's give him what he's been pounding the table for, Gennady Golovkin, and go for it. But here's my question here. Here's, here's some things here, guys, that I want to talk about. Uh, what, can, what can Canelo do different in this fight here? Uh, can you read off really quick, Johnny? What, what can Canelo do to win on, on this Find fight? Find out how old Triple G is, put pressure 
and body attack. These are things I mentioned earlier. So, you know, we're on the same wavelength here, brother. Uh, find out how old he is. Check those legs. Best way you could do it, pressure and body attack. Because, you know, once you get hit to the body, it might not be an instant impact. Sometimes you do see the liver shot, and it's like you're sent to hell and it's over. <clears throat> but you get to see things accumulate over time. And I think that's why Wilder had problems against Fury for a most recent example. The body attack was there. And again, the element of surprise. So we all know Canelo is a great body puncher. He's just got to be able to find the angle in which to do it. And he's a good counter puncher, so he could do it off the jab. I think if he brings that in this time, he'll find out how old Triple G is. You know, the thing that we haven't seen from Canelo a whole lot, um, he did it with Amir Khan, which is jab to the solar plex, and then come over the top and catch you know, Amir Khan, again, Amir Khan was moving up. He didn't belong uh, getting in the ring with uh, Canelo at the time. But it was a good knockout, and it was a good setup, and how he set up that overhand right. That's something that I don't see from him lately, and I think he needs to bring that back in his arsenal of things that he does in the ring, especially if he's when he's going to be facing uh, Gennady Golovkin. You know, he's got to jab to the midsection. He's got to be first. He's got to attack this time. Like I said, if he allows Gennady Golovkin to jab, dictate what's going to happen, he's not going to be able to close that distance. The thing with... This is the thing that if you don't make it uncomfortable for Gennady Golovkin, he gets to rally up and he gets to edge some points in the judge's eyes. This is why the first fight, you know, I thought he won, uh, it was more convincing, was because Canelo didn't know how to shut that distance. He got a little better in the second fight, but really it was partially because Gennady Golovkin was moving forward. Gennady wanted to take the fight and didn't believe that Canelo was going to stand and stay flat-footed and trade with them. Well, now now, now that, that Gennady uh, have seen that, you know... I believe that Gennady is going to automatically try to set that job up, not try to close that distance, and try to hopefully let Canelo walk in on something big. But that's why I say cutting off that ring and for Canelo to start jabbing in the midsection to drop his hands if he's going to try to get get, uh, get the knockout over Gennady Golovkin. So that's something I'd like to see, like I said, is uh, testing how old he is is by going to him automatically. Do not let him breathe in those first one, two, three minutes. Do not let him breathe. But if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be strategic in your style, then jabbing in the stomach is one of them to kind of weaken up those older legs, okay? The pressure, like we just mentioned, same thing. It's the same thing with, you know, being first, attacking early, you know, but there's got to be smart pressure here, Johnny. Really smart pressure. And that means angles. That means cutting off the ring. Making sure that Gennady Golovkin doesn't have room to jab, jab, and then step out. Okay? So it makes you, you know, reset on your footwork. Can't do that. He's got to make sure he's right in the middle with them. He's got to make sure he's pushing back Gennady Golovkin. He's got to remind Gennady Golovkin that he is now the bigger guy. It's not the other way around anymore. anymore. And then... Especially the body attack doesn't mean you have to be close to attack to his body, but the jab to the stomach, the solar plex is a body attack, and I think that helps out a lot. Andre Ward used it a lot. He used to, I mean, he used it a lot. He used it against Kovala, and look what it did. It did wonders for him. It broke him down, and it does. And what it also does too, from a physical standpoint, it does break you down. But also from from a strategical tactical standpoint, it gets the fighter once you start jabbing and playing with someone's body as a fighter. What you start doing is lowering your guard from for your head. That's why Canelo is very successful if he goes body head with that overhand right. Because you're going to lower your elbows. You're going to tuck them into your ribs because right. it sucks getting hit down there. And so now you're looking there, you're looking there, and it gives the fighter a great opportunity to take advantage of you lowering your guard, keeping your chin exposed or your dome exposed, and getting clipped. Hmm. What's up, Chicano Prophet, man? Uh, Joe Lopez. 
¿Qué onda? ¿Qué pasó? Hope everybody's doing well. I hope you guys are staying safe. Make sure you wash your hands. Uh, you know, uh, thanks, thank you guys for joining the show. Okay, so now let's go into what can Gennady Golovkin do different this time around to win this fight here. Johnny, please read it off. What are the three picks? Be first. Don't wait. I totally agree with that. Jab to the solar plex. That's a big key to victory for both guys, like we mentioned before. And just body attack. You Again, know? back to that body attack, you know. I, like <laughs> I said, the body, man. <laughs> you know, the, you know I, I can't stress that enough. In the first and second fight, you watch these guys. They did not work that body. They neglected the body. You know, reason is, one, for Canelo, is he couldn't get to the body because of the jab of, of Gennady Golovkin. How do you take that jab away? Well, jab to the solar plex. Same thing with Gennady Golovkin. You know, uh, um, the head movement of, of Canelo puzzled him. That head movement of making him slip puzzled him. But it's his shoulders that are moving. His head is moving side to side. His solar plex is going to stay right here. Jab to that solar plex. Weaken him up. You know, when he comes forward, when, when, when Canelo wants to come forward, after you're doing the jab to the head, go back to the stomach. It'll stop Canelo in his tracks. And it'll make it a much more easier target for you to let your right hand go. That's something I want to see the Triple G do. Going back again, when Canelo gets in close, you know what? It wants to smother you. That's when you open up to the body. Got to weaken up the younger guy, the bigger guy at the moment with those legs. Weight does carry a factor. Weight can happen, can work against you when you decide to go blow up all the way to the 175 division and come back down. Whether it's at 168 to 160, 164. Weight is a factor. You can use it against your opponent. Okay. Now, being first. Said that, you know, uh, both guys honestly have to be first. You know, I think whoever whoever decides to be first is going to really have the early rounds in the bank. Do you agree or you don't agree? Oh, I totally agree. It sets the tempo, lets you know. And if Triple G could get started first and have a good jab and then like go to the body off that, another shot that Triple G is very good at is an uppercut. So if he could actually do – now, this is very wishful thinking and very ambitious, being that, you know, Triple G has not been throwing combinations uh, very much against Canelo in recent history. But at the end of the day, if he could, like, shoot a nice uppercut off a body shot, again, give Canelo something to think about and be like, all right, damn, this is a different fight than the first two. Because, you know, Triple G's got to show up. And, and we all know what Triple G's capable of. He's got power. Right. And that's the last thing to go. It doesn't matter how old you are. That doesn't go anywhere. So if he could set something up, bait Canelo in early or get respect to make Canelo apprehensive and dictate the pace, we have a completely different fight on our hands than we saw in the first two. You know, like I said, going back, if you're barely just tuning into the show, we give up some of the things that they, you know, that they should bring back. The questions is one of them is that body attack. Look, Gennady Golovkin didn't really do a lot of body attack in the second fight. Reason being is because he didn't attack. He didn't really work to close that distance. He was very comfortable standing in the outside. If you're going to do that, you're really fighting the, mo the, the, the momentum of Canelo. Canelo's perfectly fine of, of only having spurts of moments happen in the, in, in, in the minutes in the round. He's perfectly okay with that. But if you pressure him, if you pressure him, you're going to force him to fight a little bit more. Which raises the question is how good of the st how good stamina is Canelo? Because if you're not putting the pressure on him, if Gennady Golovkin's not coming forward and he's not putting that major pressure on him, then you know what? You're letting Canelo cruise into these rounds. Just cruise in there and be safe, especially, you know, going up to 175. That's the way for me, in my opinion, is you're going to test, did the weight affect him? Is that weight going to be a major factor by him playing with 175 and coming back down to face Triple G again? 
If I was Gennady Golovkin's camp, I would say put the pressure on him because also the only way you're going to touch that body is you put pressure behind it. You close that distance. You know, you shuffle your, your feet, close that distance, then you can touch that body. And then we could see how well is the stamina of, of Canelo Alvarez by touching the body and forcing Canelo to fight. Absolutely. You got to touch that body. You got to force him to fight. You got to earn that respect. And that's Triple G's job. It was his job in the second fight because we all felt that he had won, but, you know, at the first fight. So in the second fight, he had to be more convincing because we know how it is. Again, I, I mentioned this before. If you're on an A side like Canelo is, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. You're going to get the nod. We've seen it before in boxing time and time again. Right. So I wasn't surprised that, you know, Canelo got the draw, you know, or the draw, the draw verdict was the result, you know. So, but Triple G, I thought honestly should have won that fight. So I felt it was his responsibility in the second fight to really show these judges, you know, um, big drama show. I'm here. He's got to bring a lot of drama because that jab really honestly didn't bring much of it. You know, um, the, the one thing that kind of disappointed me with, with both fighters, like I said, was the body attack. But, you know, Gennady Golovkin controlling the fight with that jab, I think what it lost, what, 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 what it made uh, the judges sway more to Canelo to give him that fight was because of the fact that he was just jab, he would just jab and be comfortable with it. He didn't follow up with no combinations. He didn't follow up with a, with, with a right hand. You know, when Canelo opened up and used his combinations and landed good, some good shots, Triple G didn't answer right away. What he did is he went back, he reverted to establishing the jab again. He didn't want to seem to steal that round. He wanted to steal it with a jab. And you know what? Unfortunately, at the end of the round, when the bell when the bell sounds sounds off, the what's going to stay in the mind of the judges and the fans is that big combination, the uppercut or the right hand, not the jab. The jab is the least thing that you're going to remember because that's normally how you start up a fight. That's how normally you set up a, a shot is with the jab. Now, if he's using that as a power punch, great. It's working. You're you're making rounds really, really close. But what was standing in the minds of judges and fans was the combinations that Canelo did. And because you didn't follow up and steal that round, it really swayed to Canelo. This time around, he cannot allow that to happen. He's got to finish last and he's got to steal the rounds if Canelo decides to open up with him. That's a seasoned veteran move too, especially at the last 30 second mark when you're trying to work and make that lasting impression because we always remember what happened last, you know? And also you want to throw a lot of punches and combinations. Even if that's not landing, it's showing you that you're working, right. that you're putting like generalship in there and you're putting, you know, your foot on the gas and you're trying, you're showing passion and commitment. So if you're just doing one thing at a time, like yes, the jab gets boring and gets old. Because if you see the, the same thing over and over, you know, I know what he's trying to do as a fighter, jockeying for position, giving Canelo a lot of respect, because Canelo does deserve that respect, and he's trying to vibe off him and set something up. But, you know, after a few rounds, that gets old. You gotta start showing more passion and let these judges know you're here to win the fight. Because if you're not showing them that, they're not gonna give you the fight. They're not gonna score it for you. You know, the, thing, the two things that st stood out for me with Canelo and, and Triple G was that the first five, six rounds with Canelo, Canelo really honestly is, is I know you, you were saying he's a big, much bigger puncher, but what I've seen throughout his career, he's a guy that's really comfortable, real comfortable being the counter puncher. Uh, when you're getting close, he doesn't make you pay with one punch. He makes you pay with a, a series of punches, okay? That's his style. It's effective. It works all the time. It's, it, 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 it lasts in the memory of the judges. With, with Triple G, if you watch him, Triple G was so used to knocking guys out with that overhand right, hurting guys with a left, hurting guys with a jab. Look what he did to David Lemieux. He really just busted up Lemieux's face, excuse me, with that jab. Um, but in the second fight, 
if you watch him, he was very cautious. It really didn't take a whole lot of risk. This time around, he's got to take those risks. He's also got to stop looking for that one big punch. He's got to do what Canelo's doing. Canelo, when you're getting close, he makes you miss, he makes you pay, but he doesn't make you pay with just one shot. He makes you pay with two, three, or four, uh, four punches in this combination. Gennady's got to adapt to that. Whether he can do it or not, I'm not really sure. Again, guys, really quick here, uh, just to let everybody know, we're not going to be, do hopefully by the end of the month, we'll know more or less if we're going to continue with the podcasting. Uh, we might shut it down, shut down the podcasting for a while, but we'll definitely be live uh, on YouTube. But I'll let you know uh, if that's going to happen. Uh, most definitely, it might. Um, I, I don't know yet, but I'll, I'll definitely let you know when it gets closer to the end of March. As well, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and hit the notify button to, so that you're notified when we go live here on leaving the ring um you got anything else you want to say about canelo and triple g here johnny now i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to life getting back to normal i'm looking forward to boxing again watch some classic fights we mentioned we name dropped a whole lot of great fights today on today's show and uh i'm just looking forward to everyone you know being safe and wash them damn hands everybody um i'll be back tomorrow i got a show that i'm gonna do uh about music and stuff like that so be on the look for that, I got some very special guests coming on, and I hope you all tune in. And I just hope you all remain safe and positive. Yeah, like I said, we put a lot out here on this uh, this segment here for Canelo and Gennady Golovkin, hopefully happening in September, whether it's in Vegas or Dallas. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm just happy to hear that they're still trying to work on through these tough times of scheduling some fights because we've seen this just kind of like a domino happen. You know, it started with March, now April, now May. Everything's basically on a shutdown, canceled, which, you know, rightfully so. we got to keep our, our health uh, safety is most important, you know. Um, but the questions that we have, how, uh, you know, how good is, is Triple G look? Is, he, is age a major factor? Not having Abel Sanchez for this third fight, is that going to come into play? Okay, um, you know, what we saw for Dermachenko, was, was it really an illness that we saw? Is there real truth behind that? Or are we seeing a guy, a warrior that's starting to fade off? Uh, Canelo, can he be first? Can he cut the ring off? Is he going to work the body? Um you know, there's so many things that you can play with in this fight. And I think this is what makes this fight so interesting because they're so well matched. You can't take that away from neither one of these guys. These guys are very well matched. What weight is it going to be at? You know, is the weight going to benefit more Canelo or is it going to benefit Triple G? Is Triple G going to stick to his guns and say, no, it's going to happen at 160. This is where we fought the first two times. This is where we should end the legacy of a third fight. If, if, if this is the last fight between these two at 160. A lot of questions posed. A lot of things that we should be able to talk about. Remember I this. Question, not to cut you off. Who Go wins? Ahead. Who wins? Right now, where I look at what I'm seeing, I'm going to have to sway with a lot of folks, which is going to be Canelo. I think he wins by decision. I'm not quite sure if he can get the KO. Um, I don't know, even though what we saw what he did against Kovala, but I think going with Kovala with my own eyes and been watching the sport for so long that I know that guys can overtrain. When they don't leave the gym, they stay there, sometimes can leave whatever they have back in that gym. So I'm not, like I said, not taking anything away from Canelo because Canelo showed up. He did his job. He did his part. He got that win because he could have cruised and allowed Kovala to stay in that fight, but he did it. He seized the moment. He took it away from Kovala, and it made a great reel for a KO for his resume. But I still think that 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 if he doesn't, you know, work that body to Triple G, Johnny, I think that he's going to have another 12 rounds of very close rounds that's going to leave it to the hands of the judges. 
I tell you what, that was so impressive, that KO of Kovalev, man, when he ragdolled him like that, and he went for it, just like you said. He saw the opportunity. He did not play with his food. He ate, bro. And if he does a similar thing to Triple G and sees that he's hurt him, he'll definitely take him out because G's a threat. A puncher is always a threat at any point in time, and Triple G is certainly a puncher. Um, I do think Canelo's going to stop him this time. I don't know if it's a clean knockout as clean as the Kovalev, but I think he can get a stoppage. Well, there you go. You're on record here on Leave the Ring. You think uh, Gennady Golovkin gets the knockout? I believe that Canelo gets the win on a... Uh, um, I'm sorry, yeah. You, you know, Canelo gets the knockout. And, Canelo, yeah, Canelo gets the knockout. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I got uh, Canelo winning by unanimous decision this yes, time. I think, I think that, for me, I think that, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to write off uh, Triple G at the moment. Um, uh, you know, your first three rounds, you get to see really where the guy's at. Uh, you know, st stability, uh, his legs, uh, his movement. Um, but I think that that jab really saved him, preserved him. He just couldn't do with Dermachenko. Dermachenko was there to fight. And Dermachenko's style is more to close that distance and work the inside. Canelo is not that guy. He's never been that guy. You know, if you don't take the fight, look, perfect example, Danny Jacobs. You know, a lot of folks were disappointed in that performance because they felt like Danny Jacobs really didn't want to fight. Danny Jacobs was really puzzled by the head movement, but Canelo never pressured to try to even meet a, a, a close, of ever becoming close of stopping Danny Jacobs. He was perfectly fine and comfortable of it going all 12 rounds. That's Canelo in a nutshell. You know what? If, he, if the knockout comes, beautiful. But if it doesn't, beautiful as well. That's been his temperament. He doesn't have that seek and destroy mentality. Um, he doesn't have the Julio Cesar Chavez mentality. You know, the, the, the Antonio Barrera mentality uh, from the first half of his career. The second half of Antonio Barrera was a boxer. That's where Canelo, in my opinion, is at. He's a boxer. He's comfortable. He's okay with winning rounds, you know. So that's why I say unanimous decision for Canelo this time around if Triple G doesn't get those adjustments. And like I said, not having the right corner um, and just going off of your experience, to me, it spells all bad for a Gennady Golovkin when you don't have a familiar voice that walked you through some of the fire that you had with Canelo Alvarez in the one and two. Those are questions that we have here on Leaving the Ring. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We will be on Monday with uh, my, my uh, our, our, our regular scheduled program on Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Pacific time with Amilcar and Kenny here on Leaving the Ring. We're going to talk a lot boxing as well. Like I said, don't let nobody tell you there's nothing to talk about in boxing. There's always something to talk about in boxing. And we'll still be up here live. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep everybody occupied. If you got any guys any suggestions, hey, shoot it down our way at the leaving the ring gmail.com or hit me up on 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 twitter and our facebook page on leaving the ring get tell us what you guys want us to talk about um again we're working on the 168 division we're going to give you our uh you know state of the game in 168 then we're going to be working on the heavyweight state of the game and then the welterweight heavyweight i mean the, the welterweight state of the game so we still got a lot of stuff that we're developing here to keep everybody occupied where they're stuck at home and they feel like i got nothing to do we're going to give you something to do we're going to give you something to listen to bullshit about be pissed off if you didn't like something that we said or go yo i i agree with you d you know all right, man. Well, anyways, brother, again, uh, everybody stay safe. Wash your hands like Johnny said. And look forward for Johnny's uh, uh, podcast to drop on Sunday. Probably right? tomorrow, yep. Sunday, man. I can't, I'm looking forward I, to it. I don't even know what day it is. But peace, love, respect. Big up, everybody. Big up. All right, folks. Again, be safe. Ottoman music. Ottoman music.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.